Lawlessness abounds as culture warriors threaten societal norms. That and more today on The Grid. The Grid, a digital frontier. I pictured patriots as they moved throughout our country. Do they look like individuals or small business? Were the rallies like church? I keep dreaming of a world I hope to one day see. And then, today, I got in. Hello, fellow Americans. This is Chris Coleman, your host with the Kingdom Patriot Group. Welcome to The Grid, where faith, politics, and commerce intersect. I would tell you about the Kingdom Patriot podcast, but you're already listening to The Grid as we speak. So instead, I ask you, are you sharing The Grid with your family, friends, and neighbors? Well, you should be. Otherwise, how do we grow our audience? Well, we do it by fine folks like you sharing The Grid on your social media, in your email, or in that ancient mode of communication known as face-to-face conversations. Remember to click that little like button on your podcast platform and make sure you are following us. Also, don't forget to go to kingdompatriot.us and put your name on our email subscriber list. Welcome to this week's News in Review. The constitutional revocation of Roe v. Wade continues to send shockwaves. This week, Indiana became the first state to completely ban abortion, except in the case of rape, incest, and the life of the mother. Democrats are in an uproar. I'm sorry, can, can you tell me why? All the libs argue is, what about rape? What about incest? What about the life of the mother? What about these exceptions? This just proves what we have said all along. These were the convenient excuses to tout the necessity of on-demand abortion. But in reality, it has nothing to do with the real-life scenarios. The truth is, the pro-infanticide group wants abortion to be another form of birth control to be able to erase the natural law, to erase the natural consequences of sexual intercourse. Pure and simple. Thumbs up to Indiana. Lauren Boebert has sent a shot across the bow to GOP leadership. She is the Republican representative from Colorado. She said if Kevin McCarthy doesn't enact conservative legislation and priorities, she will not support him for Speaker of the House. She is a strong voice in the Freedom Caucus. She is quoted as saying, Myself and fellow warriors in the House Freedom Caucus were ready for battle. GOP, we need more like her. And by the way, do you want to save money at the gas pump? Well, then go electric. That's what Pete Buttigieg has been saying, as well as Jennifer Granholm. They will help you by giving you a $7,500 tax credit to buy a new electric vehicle. Um, One catch. The auto manufacturers are saying the requirements in the Senate bill are so strict, approximately 70% of all electric vehicles sold will not qualify. Imagine how you would feel if you spent $60,000 on an electric vehicle and come tax time, TurboTax says to you, uh, sorry, this doesn't qualify. Need I say more? In economic news, it appears that 471,000 jobs were added in July, so that's a good thing. And here at the Kingdom Patriot Group, we report good news regardless of how it impacts politics. Wages are still up more than 5% year over year, so inflation is terribly high. In fact, 230 economists wrote a letter detailing their disastrous prediction for inflation should the Schumer Mansion bill pass and be signed into law. It infuses a half a trillion dollars into the economy, which will create artificial demand, and it will raise tax revenue by three quarters of a trillion dollars that will regulate and handcuff the ability to create adequate supply to meet that demand. The economists wrote 
in the letter, first obtained by Fox News Digital, that the U.S. economy is at a quote-unquote dangerous crossroads and that the inaptly named Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 would do nothing of the sort and instead would perpetuate the same fiscal policy errors that helped precipitate the current troubling economic climate. Doom and gloom continues to be on the horizon as this administration cannot keep from tripping over its own feet. Apparently, Americans aren't buying this either. Only 12% of Americans believe the Inflation Reduction Act will actually reduce inflation. So taking the warning of the economists and the American disbelief, what do you think their response will be? To recreate the bill? To go back to the drawing board and try different policies? Nope. My guess is we will hear about how stupid the American people are and that the Democrats have a messaging problem and they need to be better at communicating. Whatever. In school shooting news, a school district in North Carolina is trying a different approach. They are putting at least one AR-15 in every school in the district locked in a safe with ammunition. Because rank-and-file law enforcement rarely carry such a weapon, the police will have no excuse to wait for backup and more firepower. They will have access to the safe so that they can come straight into the school building and get the rifle from the safe. Innovative approach. Now, we didn't cover this last week, but it is definitely worth mentioning, given the ripple effects, if codified into law. 47 House Republicans vote to write same-sex marriage into law. The U.S. House passed a bill to protect same-sex marriage in an effort to counter the fear that the Supreme Court would relook at gay marriage. A 2015 Supreme Court decision required states to recognize same-sex marriages, but Democrats urged a codification of the policy in the wake of the court's overturning of Roe v. Wade last month. In a concurring decision, Justice Clarence Thomas voiced support for reconsidering the court's earlier same-sex marriage ruling. The big news in this bill is if it passes the Senate and is signed into law, it will repeal the Defense of Marriage Act passed in 1996 that defined marriage as a union between one man and one woman. Does that ring a bell, by the way? God made them male and female, straight out of Scripture. It will also require states to recognize same-sex marriages as long as it was valid in the state in which it occurred. Attitudes concerning same-sex marriage have shifted rapidly in recent years. Republicans have largely moved on from their adamant opposition to same-sex marriage in the cultural wars. A record 71% of people in the United States support gay marriage, according to a June poll from Gallup. As we talk about lawlessness in today's podcast, I think this sentiment is seen in many of these cultural wars. When you as a citizen are unceasingly bombarded with messages, media, advertisement, news stories, and just all in all about how wonderful gay marriage is, coupled with a departure from long-held Judeo-Christian values, this is the natural result. I'm not happy about the 47 rhinos in the House that voted for this, but I'm more grieved about the 71% of American people, as that is what truly reflects the heart and the minds of our people and our culture. Oh, that the Lord would turn our hearts back to Him. For this week's News and Review, that's a wrap. Sean, we are back at the mic for another vigorous discussion that is near and dear to my heart. Mine too. Oh my gosh. This is, dude, this is, this is going to be good. It can be emotional uh, as, we, as we really just think about the bondage of captivity that exists in our country. I think I want to start this podcast first with a disclaimer. Much of what we talk about today could be interpreted as legalism when, in fact, that's not what I'm trying to share. That's not my heart. We're trying to talk through tough issues like authority, 
obedience, law, selfishness, rebellion. But I want the audience to hear my heart on this issue. This is not a judgment or indictment of any individual that may fall into a particular category. I'm merely sharing what scripture says in the context of how do we honor Christ and our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. Sean, have I accurately portrayed that temperament? Without diving into a 30-minute dissertation, yes. (laughs) Well, I know you would if I would let you, but we have a time limit, so we will jump right in. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) I know. Okay, well, some of the hard subjects we're going to talk about. First of all, this is not an exhaustive list, and often in legal terms, we'll say this includes, but is not limited to. So I'm just saying that. So here's some some of the topics. Abortion and choice, gender identity, gender affirming care, words and silence or violence, and critical race theory. Sean, the audience is probably asking themselves, what in the world does this have to do with lawlessness? <laughs> they're, they're actually probably asking, wow, you picked the light ones, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's quite a list. It's a good thing it wasn't exhaustive. Look. What I see from from what you just said, they are the fruit of lawlessness, the institutionalization of lawlessness. Think of it as lawlessness disguised as a new morality or a lifestyle choice. Oh, I like that. So let's look at these a little bit differently. And I'm going to take each one of these and share a common phrase that usually accompanies it. So let's start with abortion. We hear my body, my choice. Gender identity, we hear I can be whatever I want. You will not tell me what I am. Gender affirming care, you will provide me the medical intervention necessary to achieve the full manifestation of my desire for my gender. Words and silence, you will not disagree with me. You will agree with me and you will support my cause. Critical race theory. I am not responsible. The system is responsible. Sean, when I add those descriptors, does the picture get a little more clear? I think for some, yes. But for the majority, we need to go much deeper. Okay. I actually knew that. So I was kind of baiting you a little bit. I'm going to actually jump. I'm going to do something a little different. We're going to jump into the faith perspective. And we're going to take these one by one and start connecting the dots when we return. My dad always says that freedom is not passed on through DNA, but rather it must be fought for and protected by every generation. That is why it is never too early to be involved in faith, politics, and commerce. I'm only 14 years old, and I'm already a Kingdom Patriot. You should be too. Join the fight for faith and freedom. Go to KingdomPatriot.us today. Okay, like I said, rather than waiting to the end to talk about faith, in short, lawlessness means a person is a lawbreaker by definition. Agreed? And in order to be a habitual lawbreaker, what do you have to commit? That's right, rebellion. And if you're rebelling, who are you rebelling against? Again, that's right, those in authority. So let's put this together on those issues, but do it in reverse. Who is in authority? That's right, God is, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. If God is in authority, then what does he give us to live by? That's right, his word, which tells us how to live as Christians. If we rebel against scripture, who are we rebelling against? That's right. We're rebelling against God as our authority. And if we rebel against God and his authority, are we breaking the law? Yes, of course we are. So by definition, we are a lawbreaker. And if we are a lawbreaker, we are practicing lawlessness in our lives. 
Okay, that kind of dovetails. I want to share this scripture to really help our understanding. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshiped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Sean, this scripture is so full of meat, but I want to focus on the real world application that we see in the last part of this verse. A man of lawlessness will exalt himself over everything, and that includes God. He will be subject to no authority. He sets himself up in God's temple, which, by the way, other scriptures tell us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, in effect, there's an argument to be made that a man of lawlessness sets himself up in his own mind and body and soul and proclaims himself to be God of his own life. Sean, when you hear all that, do you have any additional comments? Yes. Two things real quick. What you've just talked about in the past couple of minutes exposes that lawlessness leads to a path that allows the world to receive the lawless one who is coming. Literally, lawlessness is a sign of the end. In effect, we're really paving the way. That That's really good stuff. More to come when we return. Here at the Kingdom Patriot Group, we have a vision to restore America to her foundational principles. To help you do your part to restore the country, is there a particular topic we could cover that you would find helpful? If so, email us at admin at kingdompatriot.us. That's admin at kingdompatriot.us. We'd love to hear from you today. Poet William Ernest Henley once said, I am the master of my fate, and I am the captain of my soul. This is a line in his Invictus poem that he wrote while he was suffering from tuberculosis. It is an awesome quote. In fact, it's a quote that can be seen in all of these cultural issues I just mentioned. The only problem is that it says I'm in charge, not God. So let's go back to abortion. Where do we see the spirit of lawlessness manifested in abortion and choice? It sounds something like this. No one will tell me what I can do with my body, and that includes God. Why? Because I am the master of my fate. No one is going to tell me that I'm a man or a woman, despite Scripture saying he created them, male and female. Why? Because I'm not subject to the authority of natural law or God, because I am the captain of my soul. You will provide me gender-affirming care because I will decide what I want to be. I'm the master of my fate. So on and so on. So many of these cultural issues at the heart of them say, I will, I want, I desire. Sean, can you see the spirit of lawlessness play out in all these cultural rebellions? The idea that no one, no thing, no creator, no God is going to have authority over me because I answer to only one authority, my own. Well, it's literally a thread. As I said earlier, it's a thread exposed. It's the thread that holds them all together. No one really wants to say this, but there's, there's an aura of complete inward focus and selfishness, even though we don't like to talk about that in our society, at least not from that perspective. But in, in reality, when I want to be in charge, it's because I'm walking in pride and just want selfishness. Now, I know we've spent some time on this podcast, on this faith perspective, 
but I think it's really important. It's very weighty. And I think as Christians, we often get, uh, get really caught up trying to change the fruit of these cultural issues instead of the root, the root of lawlessness. So let's jump into a second for the, to the political perspective. No wonder this is a political hot potato. When you have everyone and their mother deciding what is right and wrong, you literally have society and political parties in utter chaos. You have fringes and factions clamoring to be heard, and they want to see laws that are passed to support their lawlessness. Now, let me say that again. They want laws passed to support their lawlessness. There's irony. Sean, any comments? Oh, man. Okay, so you got DAs and judges. We are. You can literally see the spirit of lawlessness, watch the news, and hear how DAs and judges are letting violent offenders just go with little or no bail. And then sometime in the next week or so, they kill somebody. They're supposed to be prosecuting these violent criminals. But instead, because of lawlessness, they're turning them loose. We've got Supreme Court judges. We've got judges all across the land are actually protected by law. They cannot be protested against, especially when it comes to them making decisions. They are protected. But we've got people protesting outside the homes of Supreme Court justices, and the Attorney General of the United States of America wouldn't do anything until basically he had a gun to his head. This is lawlessness. I think the important point is we see it everywhere. Yeah. I mentioned cultural issues. You actually mentioned even in the legal structure that we see lawlessness, the, the one structure that is supposed to uphold the law. Ironically. Ironically, it's very, very eye-opening. Well, when we think about commerce, once again, we see companies that are being subjected to censure or even harassment that don't fall in line with whatever cultural issue of the day the employees are espousing. And companies that try to placate this just swing in the other direction, are also doomed to fail. Ask Israel whether or not the policy of appeasement has been historically successful. Then there's companies like Disney, who are on the other end of the spectrum, who are actually creating their own cultural divide. They are wrought with executives who live in the realm of lawlessness, but a large percentage of their employees want nothing to do with this, but are forced into silence out of fear for their jobs. Now, I know, I know, the Bible says this is what it's going to be like in the end times. And I'm also reminded something that my pastor said. And that was this. Why do you expect non-believers to behave like a believer? The answer is, I don't. But we have a responsibility to not let the non-believing spirit of lawlessness dictate society and culture while the church stands by idle. No, quite the opposite. Truth and love. Each is incomplete without the other. Sean, what say you? Until we draw our dying breath, we are commissioned to be salt and light. We are supposed to speak the truth. We're supposed to do so in love. And one of the things that really stands out to me in this last part here is that list that you gave. Oh my gosh. If you identify with anything that was on that list and you find that there are cravings and desires in your life that go against what society says is normal. And your fight, you've been fighting with these cravings, with these desires, and you know that they're wrong. 
That is captivity. That is enslavement. That is what Jesus died to set you free from. We're not here to judge. We're here to expose the fruit of lawlessness. When we embrace that drive, when we embrace that craving and cave into it, we are trapped. Jesus wants to set us free. He came to set us free, not help us manage our sinful cravings. Sean, that is well said. And I want to express some of my final thoughts that there might be some people who are offended by these words that we've shared, but I do want to challenge you in the same way. Do you engage in behavior that the driving principle is this is what you want and what you desire? Are you engaged in behavior that you know beyond a shadow of doubt the Lord has called you to? You may ask, well, how do you know? Well, I would tell you that one way to know for sure is the Lord will never call you to a lifestyle that is contrary to his word. In every area of your life, if you can answer that question, I know we would move from lawbreakers to grace receivers. I hope you could hear our heart in this. The issue is not the issue. The issue is this lawlessness of rebellion, and we need to turn our hearts back to Christ. All that is required for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. If you want to make a difference, you cannot sit on the sidelines. That's why you need to be a kingdom patriot. Join us today and help us fight for faith and freedom. If you give up just two cups of Starbucks per month, you can make a difference. Hi, I'm Jessica, and I'm a kingdom patriot. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on The Grid. Till next time. Also, don't forget to visit our website at kingdompatriot.us to join the movement of faith and freedom. That's kingdompatriot.us. Join today so that together we can make a difference. Your membership is appreciated. Your input is valued. Your voice is needed. 